Hello everyone, this is Shweb Khan here at Anti-Smalltalk and Anti-Smalltalk has now been split up into three separate strands. We have got our conversations about inequality which will carry on running. We have got the monthly series called Life Concepts, myself and Annie Butt will be hosting. And finally, which is today, we have got our Heroes Without Capes, Voices from the Classroom series which has began running as of today. I'm delighted to announce that this is a brand new series to provide educators, teachers, educators, an opportunity to really elevate their voices. I think, as previously described, the, the table of education has a lot of big voices. There's plenty of seats. There's loads to go around. And this is an opportunity for us to hear those smaller, in inverted commas, voices. Perhaps of this podcast is also to provide these authentic, smaller voices, an opportunity to network, connect, and also tell us a bit about themselves, shed light on their classroom experiences, and provide us with an authentic veneer to look at the current state of education. I'm delighted to announce that our first ever guest on our Heroes Without Cape series is the wonderful Anne Louise. And Anne Louise is a mum, a feminist, deputy head teacher in an international school in Spain, which is incredible. And uh, through previous conversations, this is going to be an incredible conversation. Hello, Anne-Louise, and welcome to Anti-Small Talk. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Shweb. Thank you so much. Um, Really, it's just a pleasure. Absolutely, it's our pleasure to have you. So this podcast series, as we know, is about elevating voices in education that previously may not have been heard and providing them with a platform to kind of express their opinions and also tell us a little bit about themselves. So um, first and foremost, Anne-Louise, what inspired you to become a teacher? What was the most inspirational thing that enabled you to develop your pedagogical knowledge and be where you are now? Oh, oh no, that's that's a good one because I never, I never wanted to be a teacher. And I don't know if you've Whoever you speak to, it's it's um, for many of us, it, it's not something we learn until later on. Mm. Some people know from the word go that that's what they want to be, but no, I didn't. I didn't want to be a, a, a teacher. It didn't enter into my mind. I wanted to be an aviation engineer. Oh wow! That's what I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to be an aviation engineer from for a very long time. I mean, one thing after another. I think the the turning point from for me was at school. Mm. And having to choose, I don't know what it's like now, but in Scotland back back in the day, <laughs> you had to choose your subjects, and each subject was in a column. So you couldn't cross over columns, so you had to choose one from that. And sometimes you had a choice between, say, the sciences or um, you know, music. You couldn't, there was always that chance where, oh, I, I can't, actually can't take this if I take this. So it's, it was all very strategically planned out and I so I had my sciences planned I had my biology and my chemistry I had that planned out I also wanted to do music and um I I actually liked home economics it used to be called home economics back then I have no idea what it's called now I I liked it I wasn't particularly good at it but I wanted to teach music and it's kind of the last thing on my list of things that I could take Hmm. Long story short, the home economics teacher pulled me aside and said that she'd seen my my form and she noticed that music was on there. And I, no word of a lie, her words were, you should take home economics, it's your role as a woman. No word of a lie. Now, now I am, what age am I at this point? 13 years old. Mm. And I believed her, I trusted her, and I didn't take music. I took home economics. So... That sent me on a totally different path. And I, one reason I left school, tried um, biomedical sciences. I tried, uh, I don't even know what I tried, lots of different things and fell out. And then I found psychology. And when I was diagnosed with dyslexia, I thought that's why everything was just so hard. I couldn't actually grasp anything. Hmm. And then I thought, well, it kind of just was that light bulb moment. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been diagnosed with dyslexia. School was really tough. Like, I've got more colourful languages to how bad school was. And I thought, you know, it shouldn't have ever been like that for me. It should never have been that difficult. And no, I'm not going to let that happen to anyone else. 
and then finished the psychology degree and I just knew that I had to do my PGCE in, in primary teaching and that's 10 years later I'm now deputy head of an infant school and SEN coordinator um, I've been SEN coordinator now for the last four years three years and um, it's just it's it's now it's just in my heart and I even use those words tonight with my husband we were talking about special education needs and I said you know it's in my heart that's what I am I'm a special education needs teacher that's that's what I'm here for you know and so the more I can do for that the better so does that, answer, does that answer your question yes <laughs> yes it does yes it does oh. I mean you're trying to get, get 20 years until <laughs> yeah trying to get 20 years like a 10 to 5 minute segment absolutely no I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an incredible journey because a lot of people just fall, step into it accidentally some people mm. are they, they're born to teach and things like that yep. but it's nice to see people that find the classroom and the classroom also finds them as well and they develop that love for it as a result so that's absolutely wonderful so you've got a teacher in home economics that wasn't quite able to harness your talents and skills and provide you with an opportunity was there one teacher who inspired you to be the person or teacher that you are or a lecturer or someone later on in life not me but I've only just met you, so how could it be me? But <laughs> there's a, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people right now on Twitter I could name off who are just so inspiring. But it's, at school, um, there was there was one lady that stands out. Her name was Mary, and I wish I could remember her second name. And she Mary? was Is it Mary, uh, Berry? Ma- Mary Berry. Yeah. Oh, no. oh sorry. There's, <laughs> sorry. There's, there's Mary Berry. Mary Berry's on Great British Bake Off. <laughs> that lady with she, Hollywood. Do you know what I'm saying? I've been in Spain, man. I've been in Spain for ten years. Come on, I don't know who Mary Berry is. So you don't watch Bake Off in Spain. No. You don't know what you're missing. Like literally, that... you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Do you think she was my home economics teacher? <laughs> <laughs> she may have been. Was it's, she from Glasgow? Is she even Scottish? I don't think she is. I don't know where I got that from. No. Sorry, just her name was Mary. I thought the two added up. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah, so who inspires I mean, there's, you? There's so a connection there. there is a connection there somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, no. Um, <laughs> uh, Mary, Mary. <gasps> Mary Barrett. Oh, my God. Her name was Mary Barrett. Mm-hmm. How has that come to me after mm-hmm. 10 years worth of, well, God, 15 years later? Mary Barrett. So anyway, she was my history lecturer. So I did an access course to get into university because I didn't have any any A levels. We call them A levels in England, but there were hires in in Scotland. So I didn't have any, so I had to do an access course. She was so inspiring. She was amazing, and um, she sat us down one day, and we used to sort of um, we just just listen to all of her stories but one story that she told me and it's it stuck with me and and this is why I, I don't dull down my accent I'm trying I'm dulling it down just a wee bit but as we move on I might I might I might just sort of go back to to how it should be um but she always said you know she says I could be a lecturer I've had um I've had offers from from Oxford from Cambridge even from Yale but as soon as they met her they never ever accepted it and she firmly puts it down to the way she spoke in the background that she was from. Um, she never once said it was because she was female or anything like that. She always was adamant. Um, the way that she spoke was much, much stronger than, than the way I'm speaking just now. And she yeah. always said that, you know, it's, if I spoke with a, with a proper accent, and she always said that with a proper accent, yeah. Then maybe I could have, but she said, you know, I just didn't want to, to disrespect my, my values and my family. She said, this is the way my mum talked. Mm. She never said that. She said, this is the way my ma spoke. <laughs> and, you know, um, I just, I thought for her, yeah, she was a definite influencer. Not necessarily for me to go into teaching, but someone to say, this is who I am. This is where I'm from. And like a lump it, this is how I talk. Absolutely. Sometimes I get my verbs wrong, mm. but... I'm still a pretty, pretty awesome person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that authenticity and that bringing those authentic voices and providing the smaller stories with a, with a platform, that's what anti-small mm-hmm. talks, that's what the podcast really all about. The, question, the next question we've got for you, how would you describe your teaching style in one word, if that's even possible? 
That's pretty I'll well. Go, I'll go with eclectic. Okay, okay. That, that's, uh, I was going to say eccentric. Eccentric is my style, but I'm yeah. I'm definitely not eccentric. Although when I do my, um, you know, my talk for writing, you know, where you have to dr- dress up and, you know, I was a, I've been an astronaut. I've been a, a traveller from, from back in the, 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 um, the Great Fire of London. Mm. So, um, I'm definitely eccentric when I have to be. I'll say eclectic. Okay. So co- that covers everything because yeah. I can be, I can be whatever the children need me to be. Yes, that's that's a really things. good. That's a good way of putting it. Actually, you know that you can be several people at once. Oh, you have to be. God. Also true to yourself as well. That's the hard bit. That's the hard bit, and that you—I don't think that you're ever taught that on your NQT. Do you know that? And I don't think that that's something that that they help you to 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 understand and and just to hear people say I, I have had a conversation not that long ago with a wonderful teacher who who wrote an amazing blog about finding who she was as a teacher and letting them know her name letting them know that what type of music she liked you know they don't teach you that they don't allow in fact they don't allow you to do that during your NQT you know I call it probationary year because that's what we call it in Scotland but they don't say, you know, they say stupid things like don't smile until Christmas. Like, what? I've heard that, I've heard that yeah, what? absolutely. That's, that's unhelpful. Mm. But at the time, I, my first year, I was like, I'm not smiling until Christmas. Mm. And it's like, you know, it wasn't until I moved to a Montessori school mm. that they called me by my first name. And I was like, oh, no, I'm Miss Jordan. I'm Miss Jordan. I'm the teacher. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And then, you know, that hearing them saying Anne Louise, Anne Louise, Anne Louise, I'm going, yeah, that's when I learned, but I didn't learn it from someone else. I learned it because I went to a Montessori school that, that just taught you and let the kids know you, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, I think developing your teacher identity is something that comes very personal. It's a personal journey. I think once you've established it and you establish your self-confidence, you are that person. So yep. well, look, I, yep. I'm Schwab, but I'm also Mr. Khan. And Mr. Khan's a very different person from Mr. Schwab. They're shades of each <laughs> other. Like, I'm talking to my family, and sometimes I become Mr. Khan, and they're like, oh, calm down. You're not a teacher. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had a few um, teacher moments in the household. It's like, um, and Louise, I'm not one of your students. I was like, well, I've asked you three times to put that away. <laughs> it, happens, it, happens, it happens like when you go to like, I went to pizza not long ago and I was with a friend and uh, the, the, one of the waiters came over and I said to him, and he's taking notes down. I was like, could you hurry up? I was like, he's not one of your students. Calm down. You know what I mean? I need to go on to the next slide. Oh, I know my friends get to me all the time. They're like, and Louise, you're not a teacher now. Like, I just well, it's just you know, like people don't tight like plates of that. You don't tidy up, or they don't put their chairs under at a restaurant. It's like, just all they need to do is put their chairs in for heaven's sake. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's terrible. We've got our own but, sort of OCD in the classroom, haven't we? I've got it. I think all teachers have got it. Something we develop a sense of passion, uh, personal pride and passion. So, Anne Louise, yeah. you've got various passions in teaching i know one is hold the notion of the ethical curriculum we have to shed yeah. some light on what that actually is and how we can encourage teachers here in britain to participate in this ethical curriculum what's your vision of it yeah well my vision of the ethical curriculum uh you can i mean you can call it i've just seen that what that name seemed to fit better with me um you know other you could call it a diverse curriculum Whatever it is, it's all doing the same thing, isn't it? The the ultimate dream for me is that the curriculum, not only does it change year on year, because our children change year on year, we cannot possibly use the same thing, the same planning that we did one year for the next year. We might use the same uh, format, we might use the same objectives that we cover, but how we do that, it's how we do it, it's, it has to change. Mm. And the ethical curriculum is about being fully inclusive and, and of of everything. We're talking inclusive of whatever class that that children come from, them whether they have special education needs or not, their race, their cultural identity, which is very important in an international school because we're in Spain and we have children and their cultural identity is not Spanish. Okay, it's Chinese, it's Indian, it's French, it's Italian, it's Russian, and that that is has to be included 
um, what they feel is within themselves. You know, that you've, I'm talking children that were even born in Spain, mm. and I'm sure it's something that you completely agree with me on. And we can't take that away from them. We can't. We can't say that you know you're in Spain and you are in a British school, so that's your culture, cultural identity. You know, we can't. So it's the view of 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 including that person, that child in the school. You know, not sort of leaving them on the outside. It's fully inclusive of who they are as a person. Representation is absolutely vital. And um, yeah, it's it's a real passion and it's it's really taken off um, this year, sort of mid-year. I'm only new to, to my school as deputy head and I'm just thankful to have such a wonderful team of teachers who just get it. You know, and a head teacher who just gets it. Mm. She knows we're all on the same page. Absolutely. So when I started talking about building diversity and uh, representing the children in our school, mm. um, even just when I, I walked around the school and I saw the, the behaviour board in one of the classrooms, you know, the behaviours that we like and the behaviours that we don't like. Yes. And the behaviours that we don't like... I counted it up and I did tiny little statistical analysis here. I was like, out of the five pictures, four of them were boys and two of them are black. The good behaviour, they're all girls. Mm. Now that's not that's not representing anyone in the right way. And you know, um when I told the teacher we had this amazing just spark moment of like, yeah, you're absolutely right, like that has to go. So that teacher that I, that I spoke to that day has now taken on board the ethical curriculum along with two other members of staff. And the three of them have built this plan of ensuring that our religions are represented, the world religions and that are not classed as your world religions mm. are included. Mm. Your uh, in- inclusive um, our children are fully included with their disabilities that they have Absolutely. and our, their race mm. and their cultures and their language. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's huge. Absolutely. And the, but there's a lot of unpicking to do it. And when you yes. unpick it and you just make those tiny little changes, that ripple just sort of goes and goes. And mm. that's what makes it work. Absolutely. One thing I picked up immediately from we had our first conversation was how passionate you are and how passionate you've seen the leadership team are. And I, I've read many times that school teachers, the couriers and the carriers of these school cultures. And if a culture wants to include inclusion and diversity in its ethos, it will only uh, uh, prosper and then filter down, top down, really yeah. trickle down to teachers. So just, if yeah, there's an overall picture, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That, that's incredible. It just goes and, and, um, and they're able to take it on board and it becomes... It's theirs. It's it belongs to the school, and the staff belong to the school. Mm. And um, we're also, I, I mean, I've got an amazing workmate, Mickey, who's on Twitter with me. And you know, as as well being lead, and he takes on PSHE. We're making sure that our LGBTQ plus yes community is mm. fully involved in all of this. I mean, it's it goes beyond. Like this is why I think I've connected with you. Is is because what, we have to look at the whole person. Absolutely, absolutely. And I always talk about intersectional design whenever mm-hmm. I talk and do my podcast. I knew I'd plug it today as well. It's the yeah, idea of age, it. class, gender, ethnicity, religion, sexual discipline, all interlink in this cage of inequality, which we're yeah. trying to unlock through our discussions yeah. and our conversations. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm a massive believer in that. The whole idea of a curriculum that not only supports the native population, is very true to the native population, but also incorporates other cultures into it, enabling yeah. everyone to prosper with diversity, which I think ultimately diversity enriches everybody, doesn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. Okay, so uh and and Louise, so a little bit more about you. Um what is your proudest moment as a teacher? What is your must one moment that really stands out for you that perhaps maybe shed a tear or something that you're still one achievement that you're really proud of? Um, I'm going to go back a few years on this one. I've, I, I do have a, I do have a few but this this one has always um, stuck, and I'm actually really happy that you've asked this um, because you, it's not things that you share. You keep them for yourself, yes. and you're like, you know, I did that, and you keep it to yourself. That's because you know. But um, so my very first year as a probationary teacher, and I had um, 
uh, a wonderful girl in my class who had the most beautiful voice. I mean, she was just incredible, but she suffered from so much anxiety, so much imposter syndrome at such a young age. So what she would, what she would have been, she would have been 10 or 11, so primary seven, year six. Was that 10 or 11? Yes, 10, uh, yeah, 10, yeah. 10 11, yes. And uh, massive imposter, imposter syndrome. And um, because I could, I led the choir and, you know, I could sing a little bit and I could sort of see that she could hold a tune. Mm. Me and her um, connected through music and um, just a love of fashion. And, you know, I wasn't that much, wasn't that much older at than her at the time. We connected on so many different levels and um, she was a, a gypsy child as well, a gypsy traveller and her her life was that she would be married at the age of 13. That was what her mum did and her mum was uh, exact same age as me. So if I was 22, wow. 20, so I was at that point 24, her mum was also 24. So you can, you can work it out how young her mum was. And uh, that was her, that that was her life at that point. Mm. And uh, we connected. And so back to the singing, you know, she didn't want to sing in public. So me and her always uh, met in my classroom and we sang together. Mm. And I got her into the choir eventually around about February time. I got her, she stood at the back and she just sort of sang away. But we kept meeting uh, in my classroom and... Uh, she would just sing and I would sing and and then at the end of the year she stood up and did a solo wow and I didn't tell anyone she was doing it because she wanted to have the chance to back out mm. now I'm, I'm totally welling up right now oh, like yeah, tears yeah. for the audience and Louise's yes yes oh, but you know but not even the fact that she stood up and did a solo that it that had another part to it as well is that the music cut out Whoa. And I thought, can I swear? No. <laughs> I thought, um, but she kept going and she wow. didn't miss a beat. She did the whole thing a cappella. And it was Brian Adams um, from Robin Hood's. What was that song called again? Oh, no. <gasps> my Twitter audience is going to hate me for this. Oh, I, no. I should have written this one down. Brian it's Adams. Summer, not Summer of 69, is it? No, it's from Robin Hood. From from when um uh, it's Kevin Costner did Robin Hood. Quickly, Google it. I'm gonna Google it right now. I'm literally Google it. You right can now. always edit this bit out. You know, people will never know. <laughs> oh, they're gonna find out anyway. Yeah. Um, I've got it in my head. I feel like I don't really want to start singing. <laughs> like I did the last and just keep singing one line until we get it. It's everything I do. Everything I do, I do for you. Oh, so that's the song that she sang, and what an achievement! And um, at the end of the year, she said to me, "I'm not going to get married at 13." And she gave me the biggest hug. And you can see the amazing, independent woman that she's turned out to be. And she didn't get married. She's that's not married, incredible. and she's what 21. Yeah, influence from in the classroom how we inspire them and how, how how big of a role a teacher has in the lives of a, lives of a, life of a child, you know, in the lives of these young young people. It's it's incredible. Yeah. I've got hundreds of stories. It's not about me, though. I've got hundreds of stories. Um, <laughs> I actually sang in my primary school. Oh, right, I sang Killing Me Softly, and it cut, cut off halfway, and I ran off stage. That's my claim to fame. Oh! Yeah. That's about as much as <laughs> I can know, if, I d- if I'd have known that, I'd have tuned up that guitar, because I know how to play Killing Me Softly. Oh, and Louise is and Louise will be one day doing the intro for our our podcast. We just need to choose the song. So if you've got any ideas, guys, just let us know. We could drop them in there. Uh, 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 the next question. Next question. Um, what uh, what two things do you love most about teaching? What two things do you least love about teaching? So if you got two things you really love and two things if you could cut out with a magic wand, what would they be? Right, two things I love, but one thing I love, I'm absolutely buzzing for tomorrow. My kids come back tomorrow after being at home since the 16th of March. So right now, I love the fact that I get to open my doors to the kids tomorrow because, wow, that is the best. This is the best feeling right now. I mean, you've got me on on the, the happiest that I have ever been. I am 
so excited. I I get the I get the nerves every year, and I think, oh my god, I've got to start back school, and I've got to do this. Not this thing. And I hope that this goes on for the for the foreseeable future. That you know, it puts things into perspective. I, I did a I did a, I did a wee video, um, put it on Twitter because I got home and I was like, you know, people just need to know. Stop planning. Stop doing your boards. Stop doing your reading corners. Like, get the kids in. Yeah, that's that's what yes. we need to do. But we need to do that every year, year on year. So I'm really loving that about teaching. And the other thing I love about teaching is just those stories that we have. You know, if you could write down all this, just the things that you would say, it's like, you know, Sergio, can you take that pencil out of your bum? When else would you say that? When, like, only a teacher would say things like that. It's like, can you stop, just please, Maria, stop chewing your shoe. Like, <laughs> I work in primary, I work in primary. So I love all these stories. Now, what I would change, oh my, so much I would change right now, thanks to the pandemic. Mm. I would change the way that we view uh, education. I, if I could get rid of the the old Victorian style of teaching, I would do it. And it pains me to see that the government had these insane guidelines that they have to face the front and it's back to the rows. It, it makes me, it makes me just so, mm, that's, guys, we're going backwards. Mm. Um, but I would take a magic wand and I would rub it out and, and start again, which is what I hope that building diverse curriculums, ethical, ethical curriculums, responsive curriculums, mm. call it what you like, but we, that would be one thing I, I hate is those old style, that old style of teaching. Mm. The Jasper too. Yes, two, please, if you've got two, if not. Um, yeah, I'd get rid of Ofsted as well. Yep, so would I. They can go. And all other inspectors, just yeah. get rid of them. Yeah, I think someone I said... I think that says, that says enough, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think somewhere, I read somewhere, maybe I've read somewhere, heard somewhere, £15 million a year. Um, what? Can we, yeah, that's how much it costs to pay inspectors and everything. Oh. Can we, like, get functional toilets? Maybe I'm in the wrong job. Maybe I should be yeah. an inspector. Could you yeah, imagine me yeah. as an inspector? I was like, I don't want to see your plans. I think there's some inspectors that I don't actually, haven't actually taught before. Well, neither is our education secretary. And look how well he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing a great job, isn't he? Oh, yeah. if people nice could one, see Gav. us, drop the mic. Yeah, nice one, Gav. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he's not going to listen to this. Anything educational, no. he won't go near to anything. Well, we'll tag him in it anyway. Let's tag him in it. Let's just when I you put it on. Just me. Get... I think he's blocked. I, he hasn't blocked me. He doesn't know. Who, he doesn't know who I am. I'll, I'll, I'll tag him. I'll tag him. For you. Tag him. Yeah, definitely tag him. Definitely tag him. <laughs> um, thus far in your career, Anne Louise, what yeah. has been the biggest challenge you faced as a teacher oh. or as a leader? Mm, biggest biggest challenge yes um i think the biggest challenge was being deputy head and having to take all learning online mm. i mean I'm, I'm not going to say that it was it was um a challenge just for me it was a challenge for everyone and i wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for the amazing school that i work in can i plug my school at this of course, point absolutely I want just to everyone take a pen and a piece of paper because this school is out of this world. Mm. It is King's Infant School in Madrid. So that's King's Infant School in Madrid. Now, this school took babies online. So we're an infant school. So we, our youngest at that point would have been 29, maybe 30 months. Wow. And we took them online. So we didn't have them sitting at a, a screen, but we, you know, we checked in with them. We sang songs with them. We read stories to them. And then our year twos, well, they had their their curriculum, but it was very much explorative. It was, we were here, we were online, we were reading with them. Again, telling stories, doing PE, mindfulness, um, so it was, a, it was a massive challenge uh, to be a deputy head and be a teacher because I'm a class teacher as well. So to keep up with the, the teaching element, making sure that my key stage one team were, were okay because I was also coordinating key stage one and then so I had three hats on basically and then deputy head supporting my head teacher, you know, so it's only two of us on SLT. So um 
feeling that I was supporting her was was a big thing because I knew I was getting the kids right. I knew that I had an amazing Key Stage One team, but you know, I felt a big challenge of supporting the head teacher, mm. not being able to do that part of the job. Mm. Um, you know, so it was. I didn't feel that like I was getting it right for everyone which is really hard so of course, um, of course. it's one like that yeah pitfalls of leadership and i think one thing i love about speaking to you is how much you love the classroom still a lot of people yeah. when they go into leadership it becomes a, an add-on for you it's your bread and butter it's when it's yeah it's, it's when who it's i am yeah absolutely absolutely wonderful 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 so i think a lot of teachers have really struggled during the pandemic i think this has perhaps been the most challenging time for them i think mm. it's been challenging everybody full stop students yeah. staff parents governors everyone has their everyone, own absolutely story. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um what advice would you give to new teachers looking to enter the profession or just entering the profession, walking through those doors in your school, the NQT? What advice would you give them? Oh, they need to find their person. Mm. Finding their person, that's the person that they connect with. And um, again, it wasn't till, till later on in my career that, I've, that, I, found my, that I found my people because I've had lots of different jobs. Mm. But um, as an NQT, you have to you have to gel with your mentor that has to be your main person but if it becomes that you're not gelling with your mentor then you have to respect them you have to work through the process with them and they're they've been they've been chosen by the leadership team to lead you through it so you do have to respect them um and work with them but if you don't gel with them if they're not your person then you find one Mm -hmm. and that's the one that you can take off your mask and you just you you be yourself and you find yourself and um yeah i, I mean uh, like i said i've had lots of different people but uh yeah that makes it that makes it worthwhile absolutely finding that safe space i, I had a really good yeah. friend i had a fantastic mentor during my nqt uh, Gemma. she's probably listening incredible lady just treating me like a son at times. Sometimes I'm very centric, yeah. standing on tables, etc. You know, throwing beach balls around the classroom. She used to pull me over. She's like, Shreb, you know, this is how we do it. You know, Shreb, we could do it this way. But it was never like, we have to do it this way. We can yeah. do it this way. We could do it this way. You should do yeah. it this way. That's how the conversation would normally go. <laughs> and eventually I would listen. But I love that holistic approach. And finding she was that person who would yeah. choose my safe space. If I had an issue at home, I'd go and speak to her. Yeah. And as an NQT, you're absolutely right. When you've got that one person there, it can make it can make going into work just to see them is a pleasure, isn't it? If oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And um, you know, when I've moved on and I I had my person, and now I've moved on to somewhere, you know, I've got another person where I am. Mm. Uh, you know, so um, and it's my head teacher, by the way, Rachel Davies. You're my person, just so we're making that clear. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, when I've and I've had to leave my person and. You know that's that's sad. That that's sad. But what they give you in those years is, you know, it, like you said, it just makes getting up that much easier. Like you know, Absolutely. we're gonna we're gonna go out for a walk. We're gonna get out of school. We're gonna go for a walk. We're gonna chat. We're gonna have a coffee. And you know, you can take on the world when you have someone that you can just offload to. You Absolutely. you feel ready for anything. Absolutely. I remember my NQT, during my NQT, my, my mentor would sit me in the staff room. She'd come into my classroom after lessons, always check up on me. And it was a small things. And it's weird because she'll always be a lifelong friend. If I meet her, it'll be like, we haven't, we've never been apart, which is incredible. That's your person. And I think when, you, when you're going through hardship and you meet someone who supports you that hardship, the bond is solidified. Yep. It's made stronger, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Take, take that, advice, adv- uh, take that uh, advice on board, guys. Really, really important. Yep. Finding uh, a bastion of support, someone to support you. Yep. And it could be anybody. It could be a head teacher. It could yep. be a TA. It could be absolutely anybody. And treating yep. everybody with kindness and respect is really important as you mobilize it. Absolutely. And, and my mom, my mom gave me some great advice my mum's an, an early years practitioner and um as soon as i went into teaching she went and louise get to know the cleaning staff get to know the kitchen staff because they're the backbone of the school Absolutely. and uh, she was a, a a dinner lady back in the day and i've never forgotten that you know all the you know i make time to talk to the cleaning staff the kitchen staff you know make them a coffee if they're too busy it's that is it, it's we're all part of of the team you know Absolutely. so Absolutely. I remember doing my NQT, I had a fellow NQT with me, and he said to one of the librarians, what do you know? And she turned around and said, excuse me, honey, I've got a PhD, and I was a teacher for 25 years. And I just turned around and said, whoa. At that moment, I realised that 
I knew anyway before, but I realised more and more that everybody, regardless of their position, whatever salary they get paid, deserves to be treated with respect. So yeah. we, can, we can learn yeah. lessons from everyone. Everyone's got experience, yeah. wisdom, and in different things. So you're absolutely right. Getting to know people right up and down yeah. the school, right along the pay scale or ladder, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Deserves, everyone deserves to be treated with respect, and we should be trying absolutely. to do that across the school. Absolutely. And we expect yeah. that from our kids anyway. So do you know what I mean? We should be no, doing we we do, and I don't know if it's because I'm from a working class background that, you know, I'm true to my roots, but um, maybe if I was in a, a different class status, who knows, but I would like to think not. Mm. Um, but definitely um, being respectful of, of everyone, it's absolutely key. Mm. Fabulous, fabulous. That is absolutely key, you're right. Okay, so a uh, last few questions we've got, which are a bit trivial, a bit random. I know it's anti-small talk. We're going to do some small talk. Um, we do a lot of small talk, actually, for a podcast that's called Anti-Small Talk, but it doesn't matter, okay? I might really have to really change the name or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, change, um, just change the name. Because we're talking about superheroes, people, heroes without yeah. capes, and Louise, who is your favourite superhero? If you had one, you could aspire to be like, who would it be? Yeah, it's Wonder Woman. Wonder why? What? Why is she oh, so wonderful? I mean, the she, she can do everything. She must have like Batman. She, you like Batman? No, I thought you like Batman. I mean, I do like Batman. I do. Batman's I mean, cool, Batman's pretty cool. Batman's pretty cool because he's you know he's human. Yeah. And, and but he has a cape. He has a cape. So. Yeah. And a mask. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Wonder Woman, you what you see is what you get. You know, and um, there's no masks. I've never seen her with a cape yet, but I'm sure there'll be someone out there to prove me yep. wrong. Yep. Um, I am in awe, and I think the way that they've done her movies in the recent years has um, really done it done it well, uh, more so than the 70s. That I don't know the actress that did it, um, but it was, um, you know, she was very sexualised. Um, it was her powers were dulled down i just feel that they are true to wonder woman they're true to who she is and so is she um now the only thing that i don't like about wonder woman to have found this out after deciding that wonder woman was my absolute hero okay is that her <laughs> but she's done so the the lasso that she has mm, yep so apparently, and again, your listeners will correct me if I'm wrong, but I read somewhere that her powers can be undone mm. if she crosses her 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 um, cuffs and a man ties them. Okay. I want to put that out there because I read some. I've got. I think I've got a little bit of that right. Mm. Um, but I really want your listeners to to to. But there is something about her being able to be undone by a man if he does something with her whip mm. or a lasso and if she puts her cuffs together. There's something about, there's something in that. Yeah. But I don't think that's ever mentioned. That's not ever mentioned in these recent movies. This is from the, the comics, mm. which gladly the movies have completely removed. Mm. Um, if, if there are any comic book fans out there, correct us yeah, if we're please. wrong, because I feel like we're doing like blasphemy towards the comics, which is a bit bad, isn't it? We're yeah. kind of like destroying the comics, I mean, which is a bit... I bet someone out there is really... All, it's all lies. Yeah, it's all lies. Yeah, they're really they angry. Hate women. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be, Anne-Louise? If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, that's horrible. Well, I'm going to put that back on you. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Would I could be invisible. That'd oh, be so cool. To think about it. That's you can dip in and out of people's lives. Why would you be invisible? Come on. You can dip in and out of people's lives. <laughs> that's really creepy. That, yeah, that's, that's what I should have said. That was weird. That's really, really creepy. You know what that's... I mean, but I don't. You know what I mean. No, I don't. No. I'm not going to. I'm not going to justify that. I'm going to leave that. That's awkward. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what I meant. I don't know what I meant. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Oh, right, I think I would like the superpower of finding out if people were lying. That's quite cool, actually. I like, because I hate liars. Just hate them, I just hate them. It's just like, that was quite strong. I'm very That's sorry, everyone. The word hate is quite weird because it means it's, you've got emotional feelings towards liars. I've got real strong emotional feelings towards people that lie. Okay. So... Yeah. If I'm you're like, a liar, don't cross <laughs> Anna Louise's social media. She she'll hate May you. I I'll get I'll yeah, I'll block you. Yeah, you'll be blocked. <laughs> yeah. 
You will be blocked. <laughs> you will be blocked. That's a warning, by the way, as well. She's staring directly at the camera and saying blocked by me. Yeah. I, I retweet really amazing stuff. Yes, make sure you follow Anne Louise. I'll leave a link for you as well. Anne Louise, last question for you, okay? Last, last question for you. What is on your playlist? This is what I need to know about everyone. What is oh, on your playlist? Well, I shared it with you today because I thought you might you might want to know. Um, that, so this morning driving into work, I was listening to John Martin. Did you oh. listen to it before our meeting like I asked you to? I clicked on it, yes, I did click on it. You clicked uh, on it. Is yeah. that listening to it? About 30 seconds and then I, I got this. What? <laughs> I will listen to the whole thing, I promise. Oh, come on. Okay, so for everyone that's listening, I shared um, with Schweb John Martin's album, Solid Air. So this came about because me and you were talking about Paolo Natini last yes, week. Yes, yes. So, of course, it. I couldn't remember... Um, a, the name of a song mm. so I had to go on my Spotify to find them, mm. to find the album to find the song which we found and the song was Candy, mm. brilliant song right, so because I've done that it starts to shuffle songs that are recently played and, and then after I listened to that, John Martin came on, now I've been a John Martin fan for since like, since I was younger so he's a, a very famous Scottish musician and um yeah and and, and then I've, I've just been hooked on on listening to him and I, I quite like listening to him in the morning as I'm sort of chilling on my way to to school I think because when I get into school it's so like boom 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 I mean like rave music boom 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 but you know I like to sort of chill out so John Martin is on my playlist what's on yours uh this morning I was listening to the bangles Manic Monday, don't ask me why. Just another Manic Monday. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. I was also listening to Curtis Mayfield. Um, Who's Curtis um, Mayfield? Uh, 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 what was the Can song you called? Can sing a song? Go no, on, I can't sing. I can't sing. 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 Uh, Kanye West did a, um, a, a version of it. Uh, Touch Wait, the do Sky. Kanye West version. I can't sing. I can't sing. I can't sing. I'm not going to totally Neither embarrass myself. Neither can Kanye West. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't particularly like Kanye West. Am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to give my opinion on Kanye West? Um, I don't particularly like him, but that's just my well, opinion. I used to <laughs> like him when he first started, then he just became weird. Doesn't that happen with most people? When they first started, they're wonderful, aren't they? Like Justin Bieber, he was amazing. I, I, was like, I did love Kanye West. I thought he was going to change, I thought he was going to change music. Do you remember the album, College Dropout, Through the Wire and stuff? That was incredible. I mean, I don't know the names of the albums, but certainly the music was, was, was on, was... On point. Absolutely. Uh, and also, point. Yeah, last person I got on my playlist, uh, I had this morning Bon Jovi living on a prayer. That was playing. Okay. Is okay. that okay? That's okay. She I mean, and Louise don't like that. She's, 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 she's seen right now. Why did you say that? <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that I think I bought Bon Jovi's album because I fancied a boy that liked Bon Jovi, so I went out and bought his album. Okay. That's um, what I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, um, I, I don't know where to go with that now. <laughs> 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 what, what did she just say there? Did she just speak Scottish again? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't know exactly where to go with that. Um, yeah. Um, all strange things. And Louise... Uh, message for our audience, one thing you want to tell our audience about yourself, your following, your ideas, your ethos, if you, for them to follow you and... Yeah, follow me. I'm awesome. I, I, I have the best gifts, I think, on Twitter. One, yes, one of my... <laughs> I think, do you know what, my life is so hectic, I'm like, I need a gift for this sentence. So I just type in, like, a word and whatever comes up, that. That says everything I need to say. Um, so, yeah, no, I think just um i really do feel that you know I can, i've got a lot to to connect with people on and i'm interested in people and i'm interested in ideas and if it wasn't for connecting with people i wouldn't think the way that i think now and that's just a fact you know listen to listening to our wonderful friend toria the other day and i'm nodding my head and i'm and you know whenever i i have a gift for her uh, Toria, you'll know what gift this is. Um, this is the Me Too gift that I just tend to... Anytime she says something, I just put the gift on. It's a Me Too. <laughs> you know, just, you know, listening to that. And then, of course, you've got uh, Yolande 
and Aretha from yes. Mindful Equity. Uh, if it wasn't for these forward-thinking people, uh, I, I wouldn't think the way I am. And recently, Sharifa, again, another another friend of, yes. of both of us. Just, I mean, the list goes on. Uh, the list goes on as to as to. So, I want to keep connecting because there's there's other. Toria's out there, there's other Sharifa's out there, there's so many of us. Mm. And hopefully I can be one of those people for someone to say, you know, th thankfully I got connected with Anne Louise because she let you know, she helped me with this. So it's kind of like again back to that ripple effect of Absolutely. We're all here to help each other and yeah. Absolutely. I think the whole one thing I spoke to Tori about and I said to her very openly. It's a table, isn't it? There's enough seats. There's loads to go around. Yeah. Let's pull up a seat. Let's, let's let's collaborate. You know, and I, I'm genuinely mean this to people who are listening right now. Anne Louise is fantastic. Just a fantastic guest. We had a chat for two hours. Just talk about yeah. random stuff. Totally random stuff. And just a down to earth educator. But we often see people in leadership as these, you know, these these huge figures. These, these fist, incredible. Fisty. I have a fisty. Fisty is the word I have. Do you yes. know what that means? Fisty. 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 <laughs> If anyone can see Schwab's face right now. I can't say that. What does that even mean? I feel violated in the fact that I don't understand that word. What does that mean? Is that Scottish? Hey, I thought, how many Scottish words can I get? I mean, you know, that's why I keep asking you. Do you know what that word means? Does that, is that Scottish? I don't know what that means. Like, if you're, I don't know what that means. Right. I apologise well, to our Scottish listeners. Um, <laughs> I really do no, apologise to you. I feel like, what do you mean? You know, first thing, first day is... Um, so I don't Fusty. even know how to spell it. I don't even know. Is that how you pronounce it? Why are you laughing? Is that Fusty. how you pronounce it? Fusty. 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 That's it. Fusty. I'm, I'm sorry, my Cambridge accent doesn't quite work with it. I'm sorry. No, no, it doesn't. Um, but Fusty, so Fusty is um, old and tatty and, and um, dusty. Dusty. Like, something that's Fusty is something that's... Why not just say Dusty? Like, I'm allergic to dust. I'm, I'm allergic to dust, so it can't be dust. You dusty. would not like the first. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. We're having a moment right now, ladies and gents. I'm well, sorry. they're very. I know you should honestly. You should see his face. It's hilarious. You should be like, what is going on here? What is she saying? I don't know what's going on. Yes, leaders. There's many leaders in this world that are what's just. What's he got to do with the leaders? <laughs> dusty leaders. Is that what you're trying to say? That dusty. Is that what you you're trying to say? They're just not quite new, you know? They're not with it. They're, they're they old and tatty. Tatty, you must know that word. Okay, okay. Tatty, tattered. Okay. Manky, do you know that word? Manky. <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. Right, that would be another word that I would use. You know, just, they're just, they're, their views are just old and not quite with it. Well, manky means dirty. Okay. So they've got dirty Mingin. views. Mingin. I mean, I wouldn't use this for people. I'm just throwing words at you know. <laughs> okay, no. yeah, I, I think old and old and fisty is a word that you would use to describe a person that's just not with it. They're 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 in the olden days. So if I say Michael Gove is fusty, it's not weird. No, not at all. Okay, I will say that to him next time I see him, which probably never. Um, I will write him a letter. You've got a couple of like old and fisty. You just said fisty. <laughs> you might think okay. I'm weird. Probably thinks I'm yeah. anyway, but that's a different story. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll tag them in anyway. We'll tag yeah, them. We'll, we'll tag, tag them in. Absolutely. So we're tagging Gav and we're tagging Gov. Fusty, right. Fusty Gov. Fusty, hashtag Fusty. <laughs> that has to be a part of this. <laughs> oh, yay. I'm going to do it. Apart from that, I completely interrupted you. I'm very sorry. I don't know what I was saying. I forgot. I just got confused by the word Fusty. I don't know. What's, I'm still struggling with that word. I need to like get like a glass right, of my, dictionary. My or Scottish a... friends, right? Scottish friends, get on this if you're yes. listening. Yes. Get on here and let's start a rolling thread of Scottish words that we can teach with. That'd be fantastic. It'd really be like culturally. I'll enlighten your language. I think I need to like in, uh, yeah. enhance my vocabulary. Enhance your vocabulary. Like That's exactly what it'll do. Yes. Fusty. Yes. Hashtag fusty. Hashtag fusty. Oh, love it. That's going to be trending worldwide, you know that. Forget that. Like, um, yeah, worldwide. Why don't we just call it, we call it Fusty Podcast? Ha can I start a podcast? If I, I start the podcast, can I call it hashtag Fusty? I that that might, might take off, you know that. I, I think mean, many people would want to listen and be like, oh, that's well, Fusty. You never know, actually, you know that. You never know. It might 
attract a niche audience. Uh, I'm not sure who will actually listen to it, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll enjoy subscribe. the fistiness. Yes. To be fistiness. Fistiness. <laughs> what does that mean, fistiness? Is that like an offshoot of fusty? Yeah. Okay. To enjoy the fistiness. Okay. The okay. fistiness belongs to the enjoyment. Okay. Um, I'm confused. Um, I'm, on, I'm even on the water. That, that, could you imagine? Yes. Is the yeah. water fusty? No, thankfully the water is not fisty. Okay. So the water is not dusty. Okay. Old. <laughs> I don't know. What's going on. I actually don't know. I, I actually don't know where this podcast has gone. I know we're approaching the end of it. Really sorry, because this was very serious. Well, you yeah. started with all your random small talk questions. We were doing very well until you I got there. I think when it was anti small talk, I think we were doing okay, weren't we? Don't you dare edit this off. Don't you dare if I listen to this and, and, the, <laughs> and this has been edited off. No, this is not going to stay. I want to keep it exactly. I'm going to keep it exactly an hour. That's what I normally do, hour anyway, so it'll be absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm going to block you if you do. Okay. You won't be blocked. That means you can't listen to the podcast, and if you block me... Well, I wouldn't want to anyway. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's the first time a guest has threatened me. Oh, threatened well, the first time me. you've had a glass reaching. Right, we're, to- uh, we're, we're talking too much. We've probably lost quite a lot of listeners now. Yeah, I think a lot of people are thinking, what on Scottish earth? Scottish people that are now listening. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, like a handful of people. Yes, Alfred, yes, you tell them. You tell them. That's yeah, what yeah. Um, yeah uh, I, I think we've lost a lot of people along the way. Uh, right, our, our fustiness has, has, has lost, yeah. Fustication, that sounds really weird. That that's sounds, not a word. That's no, not, that is a word now. We've just created a word. Fustication. Yeah. That could be the name of the podcast. That's a fantastic idea. Hashtag fustication. Yeah, anything, anything can happen. Imagine naming your child Sophistication. 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 That'd be quite cool. Oh, dear, right. I'm not giving you any inspiration there, by the way. Now, Anne Louise. No <laughs> now, Anne Louise, it's been absolutely brilliant having you yeah. on Anti Small Talk. Thank you very much for your time. Thank I will, you so uh, much. I will leave your uh, handle in our uh, Spotify bio so you'll, uh, people will be able to contact you and get in touch. But I mean it, guys. Make sure you get in contact, Anne Louise. Fantastic educator, so supportive, so loving, and a voice that needs to become more than just a small voice. It needs to echo outside the immediate educational chamber. And uh, now, watch out for this lady. She's going to be incredible. And she's already. Oh, thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Louise. Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah, take care. Bye.